Hey guys, welcome back to Those Murder Girls Podcast. We are your hosts as always. I'm Raina. And I'm Marie. Happy Friday, everybody. Thank you for tuning in today. You guys, our little show got some major review and social media coverage about a week ago, and it's super exciting. We were tagged by Podfluence on social media, and I was like, oh shit, what did we say (laughs) wrong? (laughs) They ended up loving us over there, and we could not be more excited to be featured, not only on the social media, but there's an entire review of our podcast on their website. I was kind of freaking out when I saw they are a pretty big deal in the podcasting world. Yeah, you guys have to go check them out. And we have a link to the article that they wrote about us in our bio so you guys can read it. And they are at Podfluence on Instagram. So if you guys can take two minutes to comment on the article on their website, we would be on to appreciate it. I think we should actually start a giveaway for people that are leaving us yeah. reviews so we can get that number up. So oh, yeah. look for a contest soon. It's going to be happening. It's cool to see our little show grow too. You know, we started this in July of last year. Thank you guys. We love it. So today's case was actually sent in by, of course, one of our loyal listeners. And she goes by the screen name Riri S. So thank you, Riri. Uh, this one is actually very sad. It's it's very tragic, and it is the murder of eight-year-old Noah McIntosh. The way that he was murdered and by who is probably the most heartbreaking part of the story. They're all heartbreaking. I think we say that every week. I feel like but we do. Yeah. Um, those close to the case feel that the justice system failed Noah and where his case stands today. We remember when this was on the news locally, we watched it play out so close to home and it was just so disturbing. Marie, let's get started. All right. So I feel like growing up as kids, you know, we're always told to do the right thing. Don't talk to strangers, be kind to others. And naturally we look up to our parents or those that raise us. But what do you do if those that claim to love you and are supposed to protect you and nurture you are actually the ones that are torturing you? Like, who do you turn to in that situation? At some point growing up, no matter how young, you know the difference between right and wrong, and you know that pain that's being inflicted on you by ones that are supposed to love you isn't right. And that's exactly where Noah's story begins. Noah Thomas McIntosh was born on March 31st in 2010. His parents were Bryce and Jillian Godfrey. Now, Noah was not born as a typical healthy boy. He had a birth defect, and it was called bladder extrophy. Um, This case is a very rare disorder, and it actually begins when the child is still within the mother's womb, and it's when the bladder develops in the abdomen wall, but it doesn't form correctly, so therefore it like separates from the bladder, and it's exposed to the outside skin surface. So basically, Noah was born and his bladder was on the outside of his body. Shortly after Noah's birth, his parents and doctors decided to go through a surgery to fix the bladder. The surgery was a success, but it still affected Noah and his ability to control his bladder. But nonetheless, he was always a very, very happy little boy. He was very typical... In every way. I mean, his neighbors said that they remembered seeing Noah. He would wait by the apartment complex gate every morning with his dog, and he would say good morning to 
everyone that passed by. That is so cute. Yeah. Just like giving them the morning greeting. It's so sweet. Noah and his older sister lived with their grandparents, Douglas and Maggie, from the time that they were born around the Los Angeles area. While the parents lived in Corona, not together, though, because they were separated. Well, at the time that this story takes place, Jillian, Noah's mom, was actually living out of her car near the apartments that Bryce, the kid's father, was living in. So Jillian had requested that the children be moved from Los Angeles down to Corona to live with Bryce in the Encanto apartment complex on Temesco Canyon Road. The children were eventually moved in with Bryce and they settled in at local schools. We know that Noah was attending the Todd Academy and he was in third grade. Bryce was employed at American Medical Response as an EMS med tech. So Jillian would visit the kids every Tuesday. That was kind of like their visitation schedule, I guess, which is a little strange because she was actually living in her car inside the apartment complex that Bryce and the kids lived in. I didn't even know that that was an option that you could do that. I didn't know that either. What? So Noah had been hiding quite a bit under his big bright smile because behind closed doors of the apartment number 201, he was enduring some of the most serious abuse at the hands of his father Bryce. Noah and his sister were regularly abused by their father, but Noah by far received the brunt of the abuse. Bryce would come down on Noah saying that he was using the bathroom incorrectly and therefore he would need to be punished. Like, dude, obviously he was born with a birth defect that is going to affect him for the rest of his life. It's not his fault. Right. I hate this guy. And he would inflict literal torture on to this small boy's body because he felt that he could and he was in control. And to me, that is just unfathomable. It's disgusting. At some point in March 2019, Noah goes missing. And unfortunately, the exact date of when he went missing has still not been confirmed. And this is due to all the conflicting statements from both of the parents which I'm sure from the get-go, like, didn't make them look very innocent in the investigator's eyes. But the way the missing report all went down was confusing. So Noah's mom, Jillian, had requested a welfare check on Noah on March 12th, 2019. Now, during that check, she had informed the Department of Social Services that she had actually not seen Noah since she had dropped him off at Bryce's apartment on March 4th, which was eight days prior. But then she goes on to change her timeline. And she said, no, actually, I haven't seen him since I dropped him off on March 2nd, which would have been 10 days prior. That's a huge discrepancy. It's and how day, do right? you, yeah. How do you, you said remember you s- when you dropped your kid off? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I know where mine is all the time. She also told them that Bryce had called her on March. She remembered this, you guys. That Bryce had called her on March 8th and stated Noah had gone missing a couple days prior, but he would quote unquote handle it. What does that mean? Why are you just calling me a few days later? Like that's our son and he's missing and we need to know where he's at. Don't worry. I'll handle it. No, Mm -mm. not right. So she says that when she had last seen Noah, she was at Bryce's apartment and had heard Noah and Bryce inside of the bathroom. 
and she could hear him saying, quote, why are you hurting me, end quote, to Bryce. And so she left the room, and when she left, Noah had still not come out of that bathroom. Like, what the fuck? I have no words for this yeah. mother and father. Yeah. Corona PD ends up showing up at Bryce's with a search warrant on March 13th at 8 a.m., now, this, they're prepared to do the search of Bryce's car and apartment, but there's kind of like an issue. Bryce has his daughter inside. You know, he's refusing to exit the apartment. So I think in the PD's minds, they were on high alert. They don't know what's going on, you know, inside that apartment. They need to strategize. You know, the kids need, they're at the top priority, their welfare. And they also really didn't know the mindset of Bryce at this point. So there's kind of a short standoff between Bryce and the PD, but he finally does what's best for everybody. He exits the apartment with his daughter. Mind you, Noah is still nowhere to be found. The PD goes in there and there's no sign of him. So their stomachs kind of sink because that ever-changing timeline from Jillian, it's difficult to narrow down exactly when Noah, in fact, was last seen. Like, I can only imagine what was going through in their minds and dealing with this search and having to deal with Noah's, I'm sorry, piece of shit parents. So the PD begins to uncover some pretty disturbing evidence. Within the apartment, they find these notes that were written by Jillian, and the notes were actually documentation of Noah's abuse by his father. She just documents the son's abuse and doesn't make a phone call. Like, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. And it gets worse. The investigators start combing through the computer and the phone that they seize from Bryce. And in the search history of both electronics, it shows the following. What is the normal heartbeat for an eight-year-old boy when running? How exactly sodium hydroxide works? Sodium hydroxide to water what exactly is sulfuric acid? What kind of plastic can can stand muriatic acid? I mean, these searches are incredibly disturbing. Ugh. So the police also bagged up the following zip ties, a yellow towel with stains, purple latex gloves and handcuffs. So the cops still obviously don't have Noah, but they know for sure that there's some sort of child abuse that was going on. And so Bryce and Jillian are actually booked and thrown in jail. From there, they bring in Noah's sister for some questioning. And she told police that she was aware that Noah was missing. She also states that at one point she had helped her dad, Bryce, hold down Noah's legs in the bathtub while it was full of freezing cold water, which is just so sad now the little sister is involved. Mm -hmm. While in custody, Bryce lawyers up and he stops cooperating with the police. The cops, like, bring the heat, though, digging deeper and deeper into Bryce's whereabouts leading up to March 13th and that raid of his apartment. So aside from the internet searches that they pulled up from his electronics, as if all of that wasn't disturbing enough, they find out that Bryce had actually been to the local Home Depot on March 4th and purchased a few things that you probably really don't need when you <laughs> rent an apartment. He purchased a drain opener, 24-inch bolt cutters, and four gallons of muriatic acid. Like, okay, Bryce, what the hell do you need that for? Mm -mm. He also purchased long cuff gloves, and on the same day, he made his way over to a Lowe's hardware store and he buys a 32-ounce bottle of sulfuric acid drain opener 
and a box of 32-gallon trash bags, which makes my heart sink. Bryce is looking real suspect right now. The cops on the case are relentless. They are determined as hell. So they pull up GPS data from March 4th on Bryce's phone, placing him in a very remote mountain near Riverside, which is called Awanga. It's about 50 miles from his apartment where he lived. Then the following day, his GPS places him out in another remote area of Squaw Mountain Road, which is near Temskill Valley, which is it's still remote, but it's closer to where he actually lived in his apartment. So the cops head out to these two very rural locations in hopes of finding something, anything, anything that's going to lead them to Noah. Instead, they found, you guys, something way worse. At these two separate locations, cops had recovered, and I'm going to list it out for you. Um, They recovered a wooden spoon, one purple latex glove, a soiled yellow towel, and cleaning wipes. They also found a trash can that had contained human blood. Mm. Um, There was a paper inside that had Noah M. written on it. Blankets, a plastic bag that contained human blood residue, empty drain cleaner bottles, and parts of a kitchen blender. Now, when they searched Bryce's car, there was a purple latex glove, and it was and it was a direct match to the one that was found out at that location. A blender, you guys? I, I can't even imagine what happened to poor Noah. I mean, the torture that he must have gone through at the hands of his own father i don't even want to know what was put into the blender how could you do anything to your own child so the cops descend back to bryce's apartment and they call a plumber in to inspect the drains with some cameras and other plumbing equipment so the plumber comes in and he removes the traps from the kitchen sink the bathtub and a bathroom sink and he notices that for an apartment complex All of this is substantially cleaner than it should be. And all of the other traps within that apartment complex that he's worked on, he knows that they're old and they're filthy and disgusting. So that leads me to believe, right, that acid would have been used Mm -hmm. in apartment 201. Because he's like, there's no way that these old ass pipes could possibly be this clean. Mm. Yeah. With regular use. So or regular cleaning. That poor boy. Bryce was finally charged with first-degree murder with special circumstances on March 28, 2019, for the murder of his son, Noah, and this was based on the evidence that was recovered. Now, due to the special circumstances charge, Bryce will either get a death sentence or life without parole. Detectives have stated that there is not one ounce of doubt that Noah was murdered. Mm. Bryce pleaded not guilty in April 2019, and Jillian, Noah's own mother, if you could even call her that, she pled guilty to two counts of child endangerment charges, and she's actually due in court this year, 2021, for her sentencing. Noah's sister has been in protective custody, and we hope she's safe, or maybe with family. like Or the grandparents. Yeah. Noah's body obviously has never been recovered, which is so heartbreaking. So without the body, prosecutors will try this case as a no-body homicide case. And the prosecution has yet to determine publicly whether or not they will pursue the death penalty against Bryce. His trial is set for sometime this year. 
As we dug into this case a little bit more, um, the system really failed Noah and his sister. I mean, fortunately, obviously, she's still alive. But there had been multiple reports of abuse and neglect to CPS regarding the two children. There was a report we read that back in 2017, the document said that Noah himself said that he had wetted his pants on accident and that his father had tied him up with zip ties, placed a blindfold over him, and dunked him into freezing water. I mean, this abuse, you guys, went on for years. Bryce would make him sit in his own soiled pants. At one point, he forced him to go to school in a diaper and a shirt. No pants whatsoever. Mm. All to humiliate, like humiliate him, really. And all the school did was send him back home because he had no pants. So Bryce then sent Noah back to school wearing his sister's clothes. So the principal of the school, he had stepped in and went to Target and bought Noah clothes to wear. Thank God for that principle. But like what kind of sick person does that to their child? When they confronted Bryce about the way that he had dressed Noah, all he said is that he dressed him that way because Noah had wet his pants and he was being lazy. He has a bladder defect. <laughs> like what is wrong with this guy? I hope he's getting it tenfold in prison. Mm, me too, Bryce. <laughs> so there were CPS investigations into what was going on inside that home. A social worker had reported, though, no children were likely to be in immediate danger or serious harm. So the documentation is clearly all over the place because the parents were what, like maybe good actors? I don't know. Mm. Yet Noah's dead. And really, none of that even fucking matters anymore. Like Noah's gone. But a civil lawsuit was filed against the social workers in Riverside County on behalf of Noah's sister, who was still a minor, alleging that the social workers were aware of the abuse and the neglect and failed to intervene to protect the children. So this kind of reminds us of the Gabriel Fernandez case yes. and how they had so many chances to save that little boy's life. He was murdered by his mother's boyfriend, which I'm pretty sure all of you guys know that story. I just finished watching the um, Netflix on it, The I Trials of Gabriel. I got halfway through it and I had texted Raina. I'm like, I don't know if I can finish this. Like, mm -mm. this is a lot. But this case does remind me a lot of that totally they failed him so the system is in serious need of reform though and i have heard firsthand like horror stories they are so overloaded with cases that they're literally forced to pick and choose what they are able to focus on and to be fair how do they know what they're missing if they're they physically aren't able to tend to a case because they have so many in their load mm -hmm. so it's not their intention to ignore or overlook any like neglect or abuse but they need more help like there's the system is so overloaded you can't give you know somebody 200 or like 100 cases or whatever and, like, and there you go get these done in a week like it's Expect physically to, yeah. impossible i know every case is different I, I mean i'm not in the shoes of a social worker me neither but it does <laughs> seem that there was substantial evidence that these kids were being abused and you know noah didn't deserve this his young life could have been spared in my mind if somebody had just intervened Noah's grandparents had a memorial set up for him and they feel like they will never get closure until Noah's little body is brought home. 
Any information regarding this case or the whereabouts of Noah can be reported to the Corona Police Department at 951-736-2330. And all other contact information is going to be posted on our social media and listed in the episode notes. So you guys, at the time that Noah was last seen, he was 4'5". He weighed about 55 pounds. He had these beautiful blue eyes and strawberry blonde hair. We've also added some photos of him to our social media. So please take a look. Maybe someone out there listening now will recognize him. The story is just so sad, and we really hope that Noah is found one day. And so his grandparents can give him the burial that he deserves. Thank you guys for joining us today. Please head over to wherever you're listening to us right now and leave us a five-star review and hit that subscribe button before you click out of this episode so all of our episodes automatically download to your device. Apparently, that and reviews are what matter most in the podcasting world. We really depend on the downloads. Even if you have to download the episode and then delete it so it doesn't take up space on your phone. Do it anyway. (laughs) It's all good. We won't be offended if you delete it. (laughs) We hope you all have a safe weekend, you guys. And we will see you back here next Friday. Bye, Bye, guys. guys.